Welcome back to another episode. I'm Sabrina Lynn, and this is Rewilding. I have an amazing guest to share with you today. Her name is Lisa Page. She is a women's coach. She teaches internationally. She has stood alongside some of the greats in sacred space, like David Data, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. I know she's done some things that are on YouTube with Andrew Harvey, who you might remember as a previous guest here. But I would love to... What can I bring to you as an introduction to this conversation? Uh, To me, this was really opening up to what is it that we can share around the feminine path, around embodiment, around (laughs) radiance and joy and bliss and pleasure in every fucking moment really and truly, and I love the way that Lisa brings extremely practical and simple practices, um, tools, ways of seeing things, ways of shifting things, and they're so simple. It's in the moment. These, it was so beautiful, this conversation of not just theory or, oh, look, there's this great place to get to within your being and life can be so much more pleasurable and joyful and we can be so much more present to the moment. It wasn't just theory around those things. It was, yes, this is possible and here's how in a simple one-step way. It's that good. Um, I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as Lisa and I enjoyed creating it for you. May you get so, 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 so much out of this. If you want to dive deeper, you'll find details about how to work with Lisa or find some more resources that Lisa has created. You'll find that at the end of the show. If you want to explore a little more on the feminine and you haven't done the Six Faces Masterclass yet, I suggest that. It's free. We go into different aspects of the feminine, which might shed a little more light on what it is that Lisa and I dive into. It is an amazing starting point. It's also an amazing deepening point if you've been on this path for a little bit. So if you just go to rewildingforwomen.com, you'll find um, Six Faces Masterclass. It'll say, which face of the feminine is most calling you? Um, that's, That's the masterclass. You'll also find a link to that below. You'll find a link in the description to Lisa's things, to other resources, other episodes that you might want to dive into after this as well. All right. Oh my gosh. Enjoy this episode. So much love to you. Lisa, welcome. So it's Um, so beautiful to be in your energy and just to feel our energies meeting in the space like I could almost feel just us both going okay now here's the space here's who we're serving and let's quickly calibrate to that would you agree that that's yeah what that pause was (laughs) absolutely yeah it's like a landing of okay here we are with full awareness of everyone who's going to be watching this and listening in. And I would love to, it's interesting that this is where the conversation is starting, 
but almost to bring more words to that for those who are listening what is that service to the world what is that being present to the moment and i'm just going to throw words out there and we can weave from there and almost like allowing love to flow through in the flavor that it flows through and so i want to pass it over to you and maybe you can just weave some words into that Well, I think what we tend to do in our life is the mind is what guides us. And so you're brushing your teeth and you're either focusing on brushing your teeth or you're thinking about something else while you're brushing your teeth or you're watching the sunset and you're either really immersed in the sunset and your whole body and heart and soul is just touched deeply. Like there's almost this merging with the sunset. It just, it's, you're awestruck, it's, it's beautiful. Or you're watching the sunset whilst thinking about something else. And I think that basically because of the way we're trained as human beings, we're trained to do, we get praised not for being, we get praised mm. for doing, for achieving, for being smart and for being uh, able to think creatively and productively, but rarely are we praised just for being. And so because of that, because of our societal training and familial training and educational training, we're trained to be really good thinkers, but not so good beers. And so when we meet each other, for the most part, we're thinking, we're thinking, how does my hair look? We're thinking, oh, she's really beautiful. We're thinking, oh, wonder where she is right now. But, but how present are we? And I think that in a sense, the landing that we've just done is, is to say, okay, hi, you know, that real heart, hi. And for me, the question is then, how do you live like that? How do you greet your lover in the kitchen with this with being so present that you're not thinking in my case, I have a, an intimate partner, Mo, and so if I met him in the kitchen, would I, would I see him for who he is in this moment? Would I feel him for who he's being in this moment? Would I be present to that? Or am I thinking, well, he didn't put the bins out yesterday, or, oh my gosh, what are we going to do tomorrow? And that thinking diminishes your capacity, diminishes your capacity to be as present as you would need to be to feel as fulfilled by the moment as you yearn to be. Yes. And I want to share this too, just because it's words that our community uses often to serve the moment to the degree that we're desiring to like serve truth or allow truth to flow through us. Yeah. yeah and I think that service i mean as you know one of the teachers who's had uh the, the most profound impact on me is david data and he likens it to 
first, second and third stage moment. So first stage moment is about me. Second stage moment is about we. Third stage moment is about love. It's, and so when you're in a first stage moment, you're engaging with someone to get something. When you're in a second stage moment, you're making sure that both of you are getting what you want. And in the third stage moment, you know you have clear boundaries. You know that you could give and receive equally and fairly. And then suddenly love moves through you in a way that says, um, give your man space. And, and your first stage heart is going, no, 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 I'm insecure. I want his love and attention right now, right? And the second stage part of you is going, well, but he should be able to take space whenever he wants. You know, like it's fair and equal, but, the, but the, the, there, there is this love momentum that's saying, He's a capacity, let's, let's be spacious or whatever else it is, like love moves through you. And to me, that's serving love. It's you're feeling your heart, you're feeling the other heart and you're feeling all hearts and you're not efforting so that all hearts are served. You're allowing, you're allowing love to move through you and trusting that that is moving through you for the service of love, to the service of love and the moment. And it, and it, takes, it takes some practice to be able to discern the difference between love moving through you in the moment. I'm calling it love, but you can call it consciousness, Shakti, life force, whatever you want to call it, right? Yep. Um, so for the sake of simplicity, it's this discernment between how love is moving through you and your past is moving through you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or a thought is moving through you. Yep. And you can, you can feel it. I mean, in my community with, with my, um, with the women that I work with, one of the things that I think is so potent is we're not having cafe conversations. You know, when you have a cafe conversation, hey, how are you doing? Like when we met just before this uh, podcast, we met, like we said, hey, how are you? It wasn't, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really great and da da da. Or it wasn't, Oh God, you know, I roll, my man's like, did it like, it was true. It was deeper than that. It's like, wow, this has been going on and this has been going on. And it's a sharing of something that's what I call deeper than the drama. And the drama is great. Like it's entertaining for a little while, but then there comes a point where, where it's not enough. Like your, your deep heart intuits, there's more there's there's more to give there's more to receive there's more to live there's there's something deeper and i think that that is layered i think it's infinitely deep yeah i think yeah. it's infinitely deep so we could meet with our deepest hearts today and because we're evolving as human beings we could meet again tomorrow and there would be another layer and another layer. And I think that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful um, truth of the journey. You never know what's on the other side of the moment, but if you're, if you're in it fully, 
it will reveal itself and it's infinitely deep. <sighs> I have so many threads that we could veer off into just based on what you're sharing. And I feel like you just called everyone deeper in this moment. And so sometimes in episodes or in the show, we'll almost do like a moment of calling ourselves in or calling ourselves deeper or a bit of a practice and kind of just want to give the community and anyone listening space to just go, okay, can I bring myself a little bit deeper? Can I maybe listen to this conversation a little bit more deeply? So I don't know, just an invitation. And can I offer something to that? Please. Because I think it's, it's so much easier than, than we think. So just that, so you're, you've just invited whoever's listening to just, to drop in a little deeper. And sometimes the mind says, well, how do I do that? Or you know what? It's, it's a breath away. And I think it's really important to remember if you're listening to someone and then all of a sudden you soften your ears while you're listening and you soften your throat and your heart and your belly, then the receptivity, you're drinking them in more deeply. It's like when you, when you go for a walk and you see a beautiful rose, you can kind of go and it's nice or you can really soften your whole body and being. And when you inhale the scent of that rose, because the softening is there, there's, it can permeate you more deeply. And all of a sudden the scent of that rose has dropped deeper than just here. It's now it's all the way down to your toes. And, and there is a moment fully experienced just by that softening. So I, when I go for a walk, I live on the beach. I'm pointing because through that window is the sea. So when I go for a walk, I practice just instead of looking at the ocean, softening my eyes, drinking the ocean in, softening my ears, drinking the sounds in, softening my nose down to my throat and drinking that in as I, as I inhale the, the sea air and, and that letting the wind caress, softening the skin consciously, softening my feet. So feeling and hearing and seeing and tasting and smelling by softening you become more permeable. You, you are able to be touched more deeply. And an example that I always um, give is, you know, if you extend your arm and you tighten it up and you touch it, you can feel a little bit. But if you soften the inside of your arm and then you touch it, the sensation is entirely different. And that's how we could live our lives. We could look at the sun, we could look at each other and soften enough to receive. And I think because of our human experiences, 
that are sometimes traumatic, that are sometimes difficult, we create these um, these habits of self-protection. Mm -hmm. So your breath remains a little shallow. Maybe your sternum is dropped just a little, just to protect your heart. Because if you lift it, you'll feel more vulnerable in that moment. Um, maybe there's a tension in your jaw or in your ass or in your belly, but that tension prevents us from giving and receively, receiving as deeply as we yearn to. And I have to say, I, I had this essential moment, and this is a long time ago now. My son is 20, so we're talking um, probably 23 years ago now. One of my best friends had a baby. And I happened to be working five minutes from the hospital. So when I got the text that she'd had the baby, I was on my way home and I dropped in. But it was before all of her family came. It was just her and her husband. It was her first child. And as with all newborn babies, you are just awestruck. This pure, beautiful soul, this soft, fleshy body, you know, just so exquisitely beautiful. And so when her family came, I sort of stood back a little bit and I watched them come in one by one oh. and fall in love, uh -huh. fall in love with this baby. And I saw this and I remember walking out and going to my car, sitting in the driver's seat and pulling the um, rear vision mirror down and looking in my own eyes and saying out loud, when did we stop looking at each other like that? Wow. With such love, such, not presence like us practitioners might think of, like let's be present, let's practice, like just, it was without question, it just was. And all you need to do is look in a baby's eyes and you'll see that because babies naturally, they're, they are pure presence. But I really, that question just came out of my mouth out loud. When did we stop looking at each other like that? And of course the answer is, when we got old enough to think, totally. to think, this per have judgments to think about this person and and me and da 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 like it's those thoughts that get in the way that that love is it's who we are you experience in, it in spontaneous moments because for a moment there's nothing in the way but it never went anywhere it's who we are so oh. i just wanted to share that story because it was such a beautiful Oh, example of. It's such a perfect, exquisite example and so tangible. Mm. I feel there's a, there's something I'd also like to point out just to everyone listening um, is the radiance that is you, the 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 just the sheer transmission that is you the and i think so many people read things or 
hear things about the feminine radiance and the and and there's questions around what is that you know like what okay is that pretty is that right like what is that and I just want to say like what a beautiful amazing example of just this feminine radiance Mm -hmm. and transmission that we're all receiving and just the emanation of love and you the way that you're inviting everyone to just soften and be more receptive and to just everyone to kind of take a moment and go check in and like how do i feel or how did i feel as lisa was taking us through these different things and just you know like i i just it's almost like i get to bring the mental realm into the conversation so people are getting hit from different angles yeah. <laughs> like here's the feel and then let's bring some language to it and then here's the next feel and then let's well yeah what i would say on that and i think especially in the age we live in with social media and being very bombarded every day by what we should look like sound like way feel do be you know we're i think i think the danger in all of that is is the forgetting that every single one of us is utterly unique we're not built to be the same it's impossible just dna it's impossible for us to be the same and so Just radiance, for example, how I move my body or speak or breathe. I mean, all of that is emanating radiance, right? That's different to how you would emanate radiance. But but what allows the greatest and deepest radiance is relaxation it's again i know it sounds too simple to be true but if we if we put here a model perfect woman so a woman who on instagram would be considered beautiful and um well let's say a magazine so i think instagram is really growing up in terms of um bodies but let's say a magazine like in this in the 90s where you had to be skinny stick skinny right and you had another so she had makeup on and just dressed to the model perfect and had another woman with no makeup whatever size she wanted to be if this model perfect woman was clenched in her jaw her belly her eyes were narrowed her breath was contracted, but the other woman was in a paper bag, but her breath was full, her body was relaxed, like the natural radiance was coming through her eyes, then clearly we would be able to feel her light and see her light way more easily. And it's really important not only to know that your radiance shines through you when you are relaxed Mm. but it will never also that it will never look like anyone else and it shouldn't it shouldn't it is 
I, I remember Alan Watts, um, I remember hearing an audio of his many, many, many years ago. And it was something along the lines of, you don't hear seashells at the bottom of the ocean saying, well, you're shinier than me, or your conch is bigger than mine, or, right, you don't, it's like, it's utterly ridiculous. And yet here we are walking around comparing ourselves all the time. And it's, it's such a diminishment of our innate radiance, because in that radiance is, is our, is our Shakti, is our life force, is our, is love. I mean, again, I, I know, I, I know it sounds simple and I love simplicity and practice, but if, if your what viewers, watchers and listeners want to do this as a practice, all you need to do is look in the mirror and at first you'll see your face or whatever you're wearing. Maybe you'll see pimples or wrinkles or freckles or whatever you judge. And then if you just soften your eyes and you look at the light in your own eyes and that's all you do is you just soften into and see the light in your own eyes. Once you've seen that, You are forever changed. And my hope is that when you walk past the shop window, you catch it, you catch your the light in your own eyes rather than going, oh, does my ass look big or small in this? You see the light in your eyes and you and you look at yourself like you would that baby. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Just mm. wow. And that we could greet each other and see the light in each other's eyes. So as soon as you come into conflict with someone, if for a moment you can get past the mind and just see the light in their eyes, it's the same light that's in your eyes. It's the same light that's in all eyes. There's something that just melts everything that really is irrelevant for the most part. It just kind of yep. melts it away. Yep, yep. I um have a tiny little story to share on this. It's super short, but I will occasionally edit some of our videos. I don't do much of it. And I definitely used to do more back in the day, but when my brain, cause when I'm editing, obviously you're thinking, right? There's a lot of thought going on. You're in the do mode, you're in the thinking mode. But I remember one time I was just tired. And I wasn't, my mind was kind of switched off and I think I had just finished filming. So I was kind of in a different state of being and I'm, and the video starts playing and I find myself two minutes later, like smiling and in love with, right? It's like looking in the mirror in love. And it's just me on the, on the film. I'm like, right. And I'm just like there. I'm like, oh God. Right. God. I love swimming in this energy. It's just so good. Right. It's me. <laughs> right? yeah. But it's that being in the relaxed state, not having the tightness, the thinking, the having to do state. Yeah. And and that that radiance piece, that that radiance piece. So I would love, Lisa, I think what will really serve those listening is 
more simple practices. So I can almost hear some people thinking, okay, okay, relaxing. This is good. This is relaxing. Okay. I can look in my eyes, find the radiance in my eyes. Okay. Okay. Mm. What else? (laughs) And so something else that just popped into my mind around the what else, and maybe you already, I know that there's things flowing too for you all of the time, but around, what is the word I want to use? Being able to maintain or it be more consistent to stay at that state for longer and longer and longer periods of time in more and more and more challenging situations. So it's great when I'm in front of the mirror and it's 7 p.m. and I, right? But now, yeah, so I would love to just weave into that if there's something that's arising. I think that whenever whenever you become consciously aware that your body's doing something that is a, let's just say a self-protection mechanism rather than revealing your true heart, I think once you become aware of it, you open the door to consciously find a new way of being. So if you know, for example, that every time you get belly to belly with your lover, your jaw tenses, your sternum drops a little bit. So there's a little bit of heart protection, a little bit of um, contraction around your expression. I think as soon as you notice that, that's yeah. that's the doorway. And that's that's what I would always encourage is get to know your closures, get to know, get to know what you do. Like, and when I say what you do, if we keep it really simple, what your body does, your physical body, your emotional body and your thinking body. So what do you do as in your breath and your movement? How do you feel your emotional disposition? And what what is your thinking? So once we become aware of those habitual ways of being, then we can work with them to consciously find a new way of being. Sometimes it's just that you've never experienced it. I mean, when I'm working, um, so my, my partner and I work with couples, And sometimes when we're working with a couple, it's not that they have massive uh, emotional or physical armor going on that's preventing them from really getting belly to belly with each other. It's just they were never taught and and they experience it. And it's such a revelation. They're like, wow, I want to do this again and again and again. But it's easy for them because they haven't, their habitual way of being is not rooted in a trauma that is a very strong reflex that served very well at the time of the trauma for self-protection there's always more work as as you know there's always more work when there's a trauma or something is a very very long-term habit but sometimes it's just you've never done it and then you do it it's like this is fucking fantastic like why haven't i i don't know like women when i say to women it just in lovemaking, just the next time, if they're making love with a man, let's time the next time he's inside of you, just really soften your vagina, soften your heart. And they come back and they're like, holy fuck. <laughs> I like, I didn't know I could feel this and this and this. And I was, and, and all it is, is that they never knew that was, they intuited that there was more to be experienced, but they didn't know that 
softening was the way. Yeah. And there isn't necessarily, you know, for one woman, there may not necessarily be anything that's keeping that part of the body clenched tight to prevent from feeling. It's just they haven't experienced it before. So I think getting familiar with what your body does and your mind does and your feelings do is is this first step and then whatever it is you want to practice i i love creating a disciplined practice and then an in the moment practice i mean mm. i think well actually I, I cannot take credit for this so something my partner says to the couples we work with is you're always practicing so every time you are engaged, every time you're moving, breathing, you're practicing. Are you practicing moving fluidly or with tension? Are you practicing softening your eyes when you're looking at your lover? Or are you practicing feeling your lover's heart? Or are you practicing criticizing your partner? You know, gazing at them in an accusatory way rather than a responsive way. So we're always practicing everything we're doing is practicing so when i really want to practice something i'll set an alarm every hour so a practice that i do every night and every morning is just as i'm drifting off to sleep and when i first wake up i feel myself as the fullness of love Mm. just feel myself as that so i bring my breath down into my belly. I feel the fullness of my belly and I feel myself as the, as the fullness of love. And as I drift off to sleep, I'll notice a thought will come. My lips will get a bit tense. I'll soften them again, feel myself as the fullness of love. And as best I can, I do that until I drift off to sleep. And I let that be my first thought, feeling feeling myself so thinking feeling and being the the fullness of love and the reason i do it last thing at night and first thing in the morning because that's the time to influence your unconscious mind as you well know and the unconscious mind is your body mind and here's the thing your body mind is limited but the love you are is infinite is unlimited is eternal And so we will forever be doing therapy, healing layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. That's, that's fine, but it doesn't need to limit your allowing of love through your body. If you have, so I have an injury at the moment, right? So I can only walk for so far and then Mo has to piggyback me on the way back. No, well, he did. But, you know, then I, then I have pain and there's a limit. There's a limit to my body, which is I can only walk so far at the moment. But the love I am is unlimited. And the love, freedom, consciousness, life, whatever you want to call it, is what we're all yearning for. Yeah. So you think of the greatest artists. They are limited. They had mental illness. They had limbs chopped off they painted with their mouth like your limits don't have to limit you in terms of your your living your fullness of living and giving and receiving 
you don't need to be limited by that. Yes, do therapy. Yes, heal what needs to be healed. Of course, it's healthy. It's a good idea. But never forget who you are at essence, which is what I'm calling love. And so little practices like every night and before I go to sleep and then when I wake up. But in the beginning of that practice, years and years and years ago, I would have set an alarm. And every yeah. hour on the hour, feel myself as love just for a minute. And move again throughout my day, feel myself as love. And then what happens is you're with your lover, you're with your child, you're with a client, you're with an interviewer, and that is just there innately. There's less in the way of that because you've practiced it. So disciplined practice and then a waking up to the moment and bringing it into the moment consciously and consciously and consciously until it's just, until who you are is how you're being. Because coming back to the baby, why is it that when we look into a baby's eyes, I mean, they're just unguarded, yeah. right? So we learn that guardedness. And yes, it's true, at times it was very necessary but is it in this moment? And what about this moment? And what about this moment? When I, so you talk about radiance. I mean, one of the things I teach women is how to be invisible. Mm. When I walk through the airport, I'm, I'm, I'm invisible. I walk mm -hmm. in a way that is invisible. I move in a way that's invisible. I don't walk through the airport I probably wouldn't even wear this. I would even like dress invisibly just simply because mm -hmm. I don't want there anyone's attention from the airport. But if I were with my lover on the beach, mm -hmm. then I would be shining. I'm not tensing around my radiance. Yep. I'm just being neutral. Yep. That's, and that's the difference. So revealing your heart when you so choose to whom you choose who yeah. do you want to invite into your heart yeah and for me i liked that you used the word not tensing around my radiance right so there's always for me there's always this internal radiance happening yeah. you you want that oceanic juicy yeah, Absolutely. with my invisibility cloak over. Exactly. Right? exactly. So it's not that, that that I'm shutting that down or turning that off. It's like I'm still juicy and alive, but yes. there's an invisibility cloak over me. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I have to credit this to David Data because he's the one who taught me that. When nice. I first started working with him in 2008, I was straight out of the ashram. So I lived in an ashram for three years. I was very neutral. If you look at photos of me, I would dress neutral. Wow. I behaved, like everything was neutral, right? Yeah. My practice was very deep, but it was all masculine practice. Mm, not all of it. So I, I've always been incredibly devotional. So, so chanting and singing is a feminine practice and doing um, like ritual and is a, mm -hmm. is a feminine practice, but all my, my meditation was masculine. It was, you know, slipping into the gap of nothingness. And so when I first started working with David and sort of started to really remember my, my deep inner 
flow of feeling and and love and th this fluidity i realized very quickly as i was i was living in the uk at the time that if i walked up the high street oh yeah i could feel this man groping my backside and i could feel this person thinking that it's like well this is really horrible that's what david was talking about when he said about learning to be invisible so then i would practice being invisible and it was fantastic because i didn't have to be tense around my naturalness yes like you know when i i remember i remember my partner the first time we ate together was an indian meal and i love good food i had a restaurant um, many, many years ago, a couple of decades ago, fine dining restaurant, a lot, but it could be street food. It doesn't matter what food it is. I love really good food. And so I must have been eating this and I'm, my must just gone, oh, like just, you know, my hips tend to wiggle when I really love food. And he just looked at me and said, wow, you really love food, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I didn't, and he reminds me of that. So what's interesting about that is in relation to food so we're talking mo and i've been together 13 years now so straight out of the ashram in relation to food my naturalness my responsiveness my freedom of expression was there but in relationship in sexual intimacy i i needed to come into relationship with that part of myself again into trust and then over time that fluidity of responsiveness that spontaneousness it it came and part of that journey was not only um feeling again that fluidity but also knowing how to be neutral because a lot of the times when we don't know how to be neutral, we know that we're kind of being slimed energetically. And then that's when we clench around it, we get tense yeah. around it. It's a form of protection. Yep, yep. So learning how to do both. Um, I, in fact, Mo teaches women martial arts. He's been, uh, he's done ninjutsu for, over 20 years he's a black belt and um he teaches women and they love it they love this feeling of with swords and just this feeling of this is what it feels like to reclaim the power in my body and i think it's important that as women you can em embody the feeling of that you can embody neutrality and invisibility, that you can embody, don't even fucking think about it. <laughs> and you can embody, hi, <laughs> right? That you can embody that full spectrum and trust yourself in that. I yes, I love those it. words, trust yourself in that. I feel like that's something we could go into is this trust yourself. And I don't know if there's, yes. I'll let you go if there's, <laughs> please. Well, I think, look, the world is the world. Again, if we look at David's model of first, second, third stage, most of the world is walking around first stage wanting to get what they want without yeah. considering the other. Unfortunately, I think we're evolving and that's 
a beautiful thing. Um, and I wish women didn't have to walk around the world being invisible. Like that would, my heart's wish would be that we could be free. That we've evolved it's just it's, that level of conscious that we're at that place. Right. We're not. So when I, in trust, I think what's interesting is let's just look at trust in relationship. I think trust in relationship has way more, is way more about how deeply you trust yourself than the other. And what I mean by that is if you trust that you'll feel how you feel, you'll allow it to ripple through the body and you cultivate the skill of expressing it as an invitation, this is in an intimate relationship. So if you can feel, allow and express as an invitation, if you trust yourself, then you don't have to worry about whether your partner is being trustable or not because your partner is, when I say being trustable, what I mean is let's say presence, like present. You don't want to make love with someone who's thinking about the football or I don't know, like doing, thinking about like they're half with you, half not. You want full bodied, deep heart communion. I think, I mean, I do, I I know you do, right? So Mm -hmm. that requires presence. So if you're making love with your partner and they're not present, if you feel that, it's like this feeling of like, it's painful and you feel kind of lost, like, where are you? If your if your body displays that just that little sound, your partner's going to go. Mm. They what? They may not know why you made the sound, but because you made the sound, they then become present. They lean in a little bit. Well, now they're present. It's like, oh. so then the next feeling you're displaying is relief. So that moment by moment expression of how you feel as an invitation that's the dance in relationship and in intimacy and as women we're taught again by society and religion and peer groups and family let alone transgenerational handing down we're taught that some feelings are okay Ah. to feel and others are not And it's not the same. I have a woman friend and her family anger was fine. You could feel it. You could allow it. You could express it. It was done clean, clear, not a problem. Uh, In my family, there wasn't a, you're not allowed to get angry, but no one really got angry much. And so if anyone got angry, like, I was scared. Like, I was like, what's going on? Because I didn't experience it on a regular basis. So we come into our intimate relationship with feelings in workshops. I have women say to me all the time when they cry, Oh God, I'm so silly for crying. It's like, all right, let's just press pause. It's okay. Someone just told you when you were crying as a little girl, don't be silly. If they had said to you, I love that you're crying and showing me your vulnerable heart, you wouldn't be saying to me right now, I'm so sorry. I'm crying. I'm so silly. Right? So, we're taught what feelings are acceptable or not. And so I feel if you, our practice, if you want to be a full spectrum human being, then you've got to explore those feelings that are uncomfortable because anything that's suppressed will 
come out dysfunctionally. So women who suppress hurt, it'll eventually come out as anger. It could be bitchy, whiny, naggy, passive aggressive, volcanic, but suppressed hurt eventually changes to anger. And sometimes it can only take one minute. Your partner says something insensitive, you feel hurt, you don't say anything because you don't want to be silly. Then you look, for fuck's sake, haven't you even put the bins out yet? He's like, no, I just haven't had a chance yet. It's like, <laughs> like he can, it's confusing because totally. what he's getting is the drama rather than the deep feeling. So it's very confusing for our partners when what they're getting is the surface. But, but if we can feel the frustration, for example, go, whoa, soften, breathe, love the frustration, like just allow it to be pretty quickly. What's underneath the frustration will arise and be like, oh, I felt hurt. Yeah. You know, so my partner in five minutes will receive from me tears of vulnerability, giggles of delight, purrs of pleasure. I mean, but that's taken practice over time because I, like all human beings, had certain feelings that I just didn't really express. And for me, it was anger. In fact, um, uh, not to bang on about David, but again, the examples come to my mind. I remember my very first intensive with him in 2008 was a seven day intensive and I remember him looking at me and he said, I bet you your spiritual practice is perfectly geared toward love and light. And I'm sitting here, remember, fresh out of the ashram, uh -huh. to do a specific puja called the Aati, which is all about light. Like, that's what That was my practice every day. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, and there's a whole lot of stuff rumbling underneath that you <laughs> oh my god he just saw straight through me and it was true and in fact one of my first practices was to express open-hearted anger to mo and for him to stand and hold and receive and love that and you would think you know because most of us as women have a lot of suppressed hurt and anger you'd think fantastic i get to unleash it took me about half an hour to move my back from the wall to actually get belly to belly with him because i was so terrified of feeling angry and of course as because because i had the practice of keeping my heart wide open instead of it being a toxic dump of residue it was this open-hearted revelation and i would say within about three minutes of rageful sound with my heart wide open i was just this <sighs> deeply vulnerable um tearful heart like that's what that's what was revealed was the was the deep hurt that i had that i had not expressed and it was one of the most beautiful gifts that he gave me because he stood there and loved every every ounce of it and
and I and I so I think you know for us uh, it's it's important to continue every day to clear out the residue so that you can respond fresh you know so that you're not bitching about the bins but instead you're saying ouch it doesn't have to be a big drama our partners are often afraid that if we express how we feel it's going to go on and on and on and on but what's amazing is if you just go ouch and they go oh got it it's over and now you're like ah, right and now they're like oh <laughs> and that's the dance moment by moment yeah yeah i love that you have just brought such beautiful words to this Lisa and made it so clear and so fantastic. And I'd love to share a tiny little story yeah, to please. maybe broaden it for those listening so that it's not just about intimate partner. Sure. So sure. for me, um, my family is a old school farming family, very patriarchal, very, just very, for us, very Republican politically and, and it maybe paints a picture. My uncle's a football coach, right? It's just, and it's beautiful. And I love where I come from and I, I, I love my family. But the feminine revealing deep vulnerability is not something that happens in my family system. Right. Revealing hurt is mm. not something that happens in my family system. Right. So we're sitting at a card table we play cards. It's what we do. We play sheep said this old German game. So we're playing cards and um, I'm very different than my family. I live a very different life and there's, you know, jokes that get cracked sometimes about, you know, what, whatever they are. Right. And one of those comments came up during this card game mm. and I, and it happened. I felt the hurt and I went, how am I going to respond to this? And I just softened, relaxed, and I went right into it. And the tears came. Now you do not cry. This is this does not happen in my family. The tears came, and I looked at the two men in my family who were saying these things, and they're like they run the family. And I looked at both of them and I said, This hurts a lot when you guys say that or when that unfolds it obliterated the room the right. room it obliterated the room right everyone softened it was like mm. deep calls unto deep right like if i can be deeply vulnerable and just go, oh my god this hurts and then they can go holy shit, right. i don't want to hurt you Yes. Like, the last thing I want to do is hurt you, but they would have never known. Exactly. Had I exactly. not accessed that and trusted my own feel. Yes. And the, you know, sometimes it feels like courage to express it in a system that that's not the norm. Absolutely. It's deeply it's courageous. Never happened again. Never has a conversation. Right. Go ahead. Well, what I just want to illuminate is because what I'm, what I work with, with, with people is what their body is doing. I mean, aside from the psyche, uh, the body is the last place for anything to land, right? So what you did just by keeping your breath full, 
your body soft and revealing what I call the original feeling. So yeah. instead of, so if you had suppressed the hurt, clenched your jaw, contracted your breath and gone, you know, I, I, it doesn't feel good when you do that. That closure in your body, in your tone, in your eyes, in your breath would have caused evoked equivalent closure. Totally. They would have gone into defense. Exactly. So this is the thing. When your body's soft and full and open and you reveal it as a truth. So what I call that is expressing how you feel as an invitation rather than as an accusation. Accusations can be very subtle or very obvious. It can be you're a fucking idiot, right? Whole breath, body, it's an accusation. Or it could be, you know, when you da da da, like it's there in the tone, in the tension. So the tension is what ripples out. So to make it really simple, if all anyone look feels into or is aware of is the tension, then you'll know what you're rippling out and therefore evoking. And that cannot be underestimated. You can be fierce and relaxed on the inside. You can be vulnerable. You can be ecstatic. You can be sad and grieving. It's the tension that evokes more tension. And the reason is, is if we bring it back to first, second and third stage, my interpretation of that of, is when you're tense, you're in a first stage moment because you're protecting something. And when you are protecting something with your tone, with your body, with your breath, the other person's got to protect themselves too. And now you've got two, this is a first stage moment. I'm protecting me, the other person's protecting themselves. Now that doesn't mean that you soften and you open yourself to someone who would abuse you. And this is where it comes back to self-trust. If, if, yes. if in that moment, you had said, that hurts. And they had gone, well, we don't give a shit, get over it. And you had said, that really hurts. And they're like, well, we still don't give a fucking shit, get over it. Then at that point, you've got to choose. How long do you stay in the room, the relationship, reveal your heart and be abused? and be dismissed like that's your choice like how do you say because at that moment so we, if that revelation is what i would call a third stage moment you're revealing like love is moving through you that's love speaking yeah. right as vulnerability so if you get well i don't care then you have to like by trusting that this hurt is real you have the boundaries you could say all right i get you're unable to hold this hurt i need to leave the card table i'm going to go take some space or i need to leave the relationship or whatever it is like you the degree to which you trust yourself to feel how you feel allow it express it as an invitation what's equally important in that and, and inherent as a part of it is that you could say yes or no and mean it. Like I can say no, 
but it doesn't mean I'm all tense. It's just a no. It's it's a, a no that is without question. Like I get women to walk around the room and feel the difference when they're saying no as an accusation, no as an invitation, or no as a full stop. Yep. Yep. It's really important. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I love that example. I think it's really important. And this piece around tension. Can I can I share a, a story with you? So um again, David picked up very early that I was um I had an aversion to anger. <laughs> so this is over a decade ago. And so we this was a very small intensive actually there were only six of us and he said to me it wasn't even my question i don't even know what question i asked but his response was okay so for the rest of the workshop your job is to throw massive swear bombs into the middle of the room and be completely disruptive and you know like my straight a student don't want to interrupt be disruptive was slightly horrified and I said, what, while you're teaching? He said, he said, don't traumatize anyone if it's a vulnerable moment. But yeah, for the rest of the workshop, I want you to just, just throw, he said, just give it a try, just swear. And I was like, fuck. And he's like, all right, well, someone help her out. <laughs> so one of the other women did an example of a massive swear bomb. And I, first of all, I hardly swore at all in those days apologize no we love it we love it we love it bombs um because <laughs> they do whoops they do fly out sometimes now um but anyway so he said all right give it a try and i sat there probably took me about three minutes of that three minutes of silence like just trying to muster it and then finally i just went where's my fucking coffee you motherfucker or something like that you know which for me was really really big at the time and everybody cracked up laughing and then there was this collective and he said right there did you feel that and i said yeah they all just sighed and he said yeah they're sighing with relief uh, what yes. you didn't realize was your tension around being disruptive has been entrapping them for this entire workshop so far no the moment you released your tension around that and you allowed truth to move through you even though you play acted it they were relieved so you have gifted them you have allowed you have rippled out relaxation through their bodies because you allowed the melting of that tension in your body and i tell you it was without a doubt one of the most profound moments in my life to truly truly appreciate how we are rippling out to each other all the time 
We are rippling out our insecurities. When, when we're thinking inside ourselves, God, does anyone like me in this room? Everyone's so much prettier than me. What am I going to do? Like that is what you're rippling out and everybody else's body is vibrating with that tension. I don't know if you know this, but if you get two guitars next to each other and you pluck the string on one guitar, the same string vibrates on the other guitar. So we are vibrating by our thoughts and our, like, Feeling, doing, thinking, being, that's rippling out all the time. And it was, oh my goodness, it was such a beautiful, I can still feel their collective sigh. And I thought that I was just a really good human, mm. a really good nonviolent human. Now I'm not saying go out and be violent, but my tension around, I mean, I don't know if someone's poisoning a river. If someone's harming a child in front of you, you're not going to go, hey, you're going to go, stop, right? You, the, the fire of the goddess is going to come out to stop that harm. That's not going to be sweet and tender. I have tears that we have gotten to this point in this conversation, Lisa, I am, my heart is exploding and yeah, that we are able to find this tangible example and to just talk about how interconnected we are yeah. and how much we are influencing each other and we all the time our we, the little our little brains will never pick it up it will exactly. never understand how much and this like gift that is us coming into you know full spectrum and this gift that is us releasing these tensions and us doing all of the work that we're all doing in our own different ways to evolve yeah. and to be more love and to be more conscious and the profound effect that it's having. Yeah. And when you really start to pay attention to it, think about it. If you have a puppy in front of you or a baby, you can't go, Hey puppy, come here. Like full of tension. If it's that puppy's afraid or like you, you, your body has to be very relaxed. Right. I mm. noticed my beautiful father, um, he died a few years ago and he had early onset Alzheimer's. So he was very young with Alzheimer's. And as he, as he got uh, closer, he had Alzheimer's for 11 years. So as he got um, near the end, what I, what happens is the feeling sensitivity is what's enhanced. And if you've ever read Jill Bolte Taylor's book, Stroke of Insight, have you ever read that? Oh, no, 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 but I know the book and I, yes. Right, yeah, so she describes when her left brain was shutting down, right? So she describes it so beautifully, what's left is just beingness, right? Oh. So 
my dad became more and more intuitive. We would sit in the car. So I would spend every Monday with him. We would go together and I would take him to movies and shows and we'd have lunch and do all sorts of really beautiful things, which is great because I've spent most of my life living overseas and I'm, and I'm in Australia now. So um, I'm just so deeply glad that I was here for that time. And um, so I would just be thinking while I was driving along and he would say he would intuit what I was thinking. So that was really interesting. But then what was really great education for my son, who's now 20, uh, in the school holidays, Alex would come with me and we'd go watch a movie and I will have booked the movie. There was one time I booked the movie and Alex was in the back. Dad was in the passenger seat in the front. And I said, Alex said, what movie are we going to see? And I said, what the movie was. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to see that movie. I want to see it. Like, so he was kind of like tense, whiny. And I could feel my dad, I could feel the stress. It was a bit stressful, the tension. So I would just say to my son, Alex, fill the room. That was all I had to say. Alex, fill the room. And he knew what that meant was, so he would fill the room. He'd go, oh, my my behavior, what I'm rippling out is affecting Papa Pete. That was my dad. He was called Papa Pete to the, to the grandkids. And I saw it all the time. In fact, I would, um, in the very last year, he was in this Montessori care facility for, um, beautiful dementia patients. It was really beautiful, but I still did a little bit of training with the staff. Like when you approach wow. him, and you're in a hurry, the tension in your body and the tension in your voice is what he's feeling. So it's jolting. So what he would need is for you to just be very relaxed as you approach him rather than like, oh, here Pete, here's your blah, blah, blah. It's, it's too much. It's like his, ner it's, his nervous system was super sensitive. So that training of my son of feel the room it's it's ideally what we would all be doing yeah if you had a room full of puppies who were wild and you had to try and feed and they were too afraid to come near you you just sit very quietly if you felt what they needed was for you to sit quietly right you you're feeling them and you're responding and it's a beautiful I mean, that coming back to what you were talking about earlier, that's serving. Yes. That's serving. It's allowing that deeper informing to guide you spontaneously, moment by moment by moment. And there's a word that I want to bring in here, and it's this we come into like integrity within ourself, right? So it's what we're feeling inside matches what we're thinking, speaking, and how we're acting. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So there's no about. disjointedness. Yep. Yep. Um, I watch with or, you know, sometimes you watch individuals override something and it's so deeply patterned and so unconscious, but, you know, like our jobs facilitating is 
I'm, I'm guessing yours is similar in some situations where it's to watch the deeper truth. You're, you're watching exactly. the truth in someone's body and they're like, yeah. I'm fine. You're like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. And, you know, mm. I think this coming into integrity with ourselves mm. and almost you know, that relationship. And I know we've talked about so many different beautiful practices and very simple ways of, of, of that integrity with that deepest truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I think integrity is a really beautiful word. And I think sometimes it's like a lot of words um, over the decade of, I don't know, however long we've all had websites and social media. There's a lot of words that have kind of been uchified. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. It's like authentic. It's like, I loved that word. And now I see the word authentic and it's kind of, there are ways that, that, it, that if it's been used and it's perhaps not as, it's not, perhaps it's just because my inclination is toward depth. And when I see a word that innately is sourced in depth and it's used in different ways, it's not to make people's expression of it wrong, but it's definitely a, um, yeah, words have kind of been overused or, yeah. or maybe watered down. But I think integrity is one of those beautiful words that if you're too rigid can seem kind of harsh and dogmatic and it means you need to to I don't, be a certain way but i think the way you're describing integrity is 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 in its true form which is uh, in alignment with yeah in alignment with the originalness so the original feeling so we can feel so for example i know that it's tricky talking about masculine and feminine and i'm not talking about it as a gender thing if we just think of masculine and feminine as um masculine is formless feminine is form then feeling the flow of feeling the fluidity of feeling is the feminine now if i vomit all over you how i felt yesterday or last year there's not a lot of integrity in that as in what's what's moving through me in this moment is not actually what's being transmitted through my body so maybe i feel vulnerable in this moment but it triggers something from my past and what you get instead is a whole bunch of other emotion that doesn't really have to do with this moment it's just that the feeling of vulnerability has triggered that and so then there's this avalanche of feeling from the past or maybe from the future so to me that's out of integrity what would be an in integrity is i feel vulnerable and the display of vulnerability is what is shown through the fullness of my body and my breath and my heart and my soul. Um, whereas masculine integrity, um, if masculine is the container in which 
we pour forth into or the sky in which the like the nothingness in which fullness is exists um the feeling one of the feelings of masculine is that is that direction that, that something's going like the riverbanks to the river the flow of the river well the masculine would be out of integrity if if it said i'm going this way and then went this way no no i'm going this way and then went this way or i'm going to do this but does this like or just not being fully present in a sense is, is a lack of masculine integrity because because innately the masculine is presence so yes. to not embody that which you are it's a lack of integrity but i don't mean it in a judgy way like it's just we feel it in ourselves we feel we feel it in ourselves whether we're vomiting emotions from the past or we're really not present as present as we want to be men man or woman we can feel that and we intuit there's something deeper, more true to be experienced here. We, we can feel that, we can intuit it, but our body is not in alignment with that essence of who we are or that original flow of yes. feeling or that, that, that presence that we are. And, I, and again, if we come back to habit, sometimes it just takes a little bit of practice especially I think because we're everyone's on devices to practice presence it's almost like thank god meditation is hip and cool right now or the world would be screwed because our, our attention is being diverted so quickly in so many directions if there weren't that counterbalance of meditation like our brains our nervous systems oh my gosh oh would be absolutely strung out yeah so but again, you could have a spontaneous moment of meditation just by watching a sunrise and you didn't even know you were meditating, but what were you doing? You were empty, spacious, fully present. There it is. Yep. But then like you were saying, then how do you bring it to the moments that matter? So if you can be empty and present and with the sunset, how do you be empty and present with your partner? If you can be, if you can play your favorite music and feel the the fullness of the music just kind of moving your body well and you're responding to the music can you respond to your lover's touch in some way or can you respond to your child in the same way or your friend in the same way or your students or whoever it is you're with i mean that's where the practice comes in it's you look at where you would need to practice more disciplinedly so that the artistry can come through. It's like playing scales. You've got to practice your scale so the, the music can move through you as artistically as possible, if that's the way you choose to live, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Lisa, you just brought the most perfect words to what I was attempting to explain about integrity. And yeah. Martha Beck was just on the podcast with her oh, book, wow. The Way of Integrity. And so it's this that you're talking, this deep, deep truth, this deep, and those words that you used around alignment and original, I loved that you used that word in there too. Um, it was just, 
it was just beautiful. I want to talk to you forever, Lisa. This is such really beautiful. Thank you. An amazing conversation and so many gems and practices and insights. And just to get to that, I don't know, there was that piece that we got to around your example of the whole room went Mm. from my tension that like that just oh that piece really stood out for me and And it's not to be hard on yourself this is the thing we all have bodily tensions right so be ever so loving with yourself in fact when i have a woman say to me i don't know what to do you know when my lover approaches me or, you know, when I'm with my teenage son, like my body, like I just get really triggered, I get really tense and, you know, how do I get over that? And it's like, well, first of all, you don't get over it with the same amount of tension, (laughs) right? (laughs) So you can't beat tension out with tension. The first thing you do is, is you love it as it is. It's like that tension is simply It's like if you had your child come home from kindergarten and go, I'm really mad. This person pushed me over. You wouldn't go, you shouldn't be mad. You'd go, you would scoop, lovingly scoop them up and say, I get you feel mad and sad. I love you. I've got you, right? Well, that's what you want to do for yourself. If you notice that every time your partner comes close to you, your sternum drops a little bit, there's a little bit of a heart armor going on. Don't go straight to, oops, okay, here's my heart. That's kind of self-abusive, right? There's a reason that's there. It could be your partner's not really present and it's a genuine response. It could be that it's a trigger from the past, but you won't know that if you don't love it. Mm. So you just you have love. Like I have the feeling of a warm smile. Like I feel the tension and I have the feeling of this warm, radiant smile. Like I get it. I see you. I love you. I've got you. And then what happens naturally is your body just goes, oh, it's the same sigh. So I've relaxed around the tension. My body is now sighed with relief. And then what will happen is what's underneath will be revealed. And if it's vulnerability or whatever it is, then you love that. Like, I've got you. I I get it. And then you can discern if the vulnerability is a response, a genuine response to the moment, or if it's a trigger from the past. And then you can work out what to do. And normally, you know, if it's heart armor, for example, and your sternum drops and your breath contracts and your brow furrows, Normally, if you do that process that I just said, which is pretty quick, you love the tension, you relax into it, you feel what's underneath it. Normally, what will happen is that revealing that like that's there's your integrity. That's the integrity, right? That's where your integrity is sourced in that. And then all you need to do is change one thing, like just lift your sternum a little Mm -hmm. or breathe just a little more fully or unclench your jaw, soften your lips, just one thing. And when you, when you relax and soften that one thing naturally, the limbic brain, that part of your brain that's protecting you says, oh, I put on a red alert, but maybe we're okay. No, all right, well, 
She softened her lips and no one died. She lifted her sternum and no one died. All right, okay, maybe it's okay. Maybe we're okay. Oh, Lisa, you have- And then you'll feel safer to do it again and again. And that comes to that practice that you were talking about. That's where your practice will grow. Because the truth is, if you said to me, I just want to feel free to speak my truth with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Well, I can guarantee you the universe, because she's so compassionate, <laughs> will say, all right, what about now? And then you practice it and it feels really good. And she goes, or oh, what about now? <laughs> And what about now? And that layer upon layer upon layer just kind of starts to melt away because you have an opportunity to practice again and again and again. Yes. I have loved this conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. Loved it. Thank you for your, your deep, wise true heart and thank you for everything that you've done seen and unseen to be here in this conversation now and um it's just been a genuine gift and delight to to be with you and i hope i genuinely hope that it's useful oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I am confident <laughs> that our conversation will be useful for so many, just so many gems and so many gifts and so many very tangible, simple practices. And I really want to just appreciate you and thank you for that of making what could be very out there or hard to grasp or hard to take just the next step into shifting things you really have this beautiful amazing way of going just this just soften right. your lips. just soften your lips try that <laughs> just look in the mirror at your eyes for radiance just try that like it's just yeah. so beautiful how you've done that it's living it isn't it that's why we're here it, yeah it's about living it it's about landing it in the body that's it that's it um I would love for you to share where everyone can find you for more, what you maybe have coming up or just anything that you feel to share where people can find more, more sure. Lisa, more magic. Um, well, they can find me at lisapage.com. So that's P-A-G-E as in paper. So we'll put links to below everything. Yeah. So wants. yeah, everything is there. My, my main work at the moment is my partner and I work with couples and, um, and I work one-on-one, one-on-one uh, -on -one mentoring. And I have a beautiful community called Embody She, which is a group program, an ongoing group program, uh, which is by application only. Uh, and it's you know, I have women in there who have worked with me for over a decade and some of them are brand new and it's just a really beautiful space. It's where I pour all of my um, trainings into. So I think there's over a hundred hours of video and audio trainings and I meet 
with them twice a month. We're teaching a virtual retreat, which is all embodiment practice and then a Q&A and we have a community forum and I mean, there aren't every question. So it's a very, I like intimate containers where we can go deep and it really is that. It's just a beautiful um, sanctuary for women where, where we can explore uh, spirit, sex, intimacy, leadership, um, just living, loving, giving, being, giving your deepest gifts, whether it be to your family, to your intimate partner, to your work, your creativity. So it's all poured into, into that place. And yeah, it's, I, I feel deeply blessed. I feel like I just work with the most wonderful women and couples on the planet. So yeah, so they're my main, main offerings at the moment. Well, thank you for that. And we'll mm -hmm. again, put links and everything below. Sure. Are there any words that you would love to leave us with? It's only a breath away. That, that, that which you intuit, the, the more, the fuller expression, the, that which you wish to, that yearning, right? That yearning that you have in your life or in your intimacy, it really is only a breath away. I, I have studied traditions for decades now. I've, I've taught yoga and meditation and now the work around sacred intimacy and, and, and I've interpreted and read sacred, sacred scriptures and it really is only a breath away. You, you are it. That which you intuit is possible, is possible because you are it and really there's nowhere to get to. And so that the efforting you can let go of, it really is just about being. And I know that it sounds too simple to be true, but that's it. it, it you know, breath is articulated spirit, if you will, and sound is articulated breath and words is articulated sound and sentences is articulated word. Like, but if you pair it back, if you're having trouble expressing how you feel, just set your breath free. If you're feeling compressed in how you feel, just set your breath free. If you're feeling afraid, set your breath free. Like that, that would be it. Because within that breath, the essence of who you are exists. And you are it. Lisa, thank you. Mm. And thank you to everyone listening, making this possible. Yeah, thank you. Thank you and to your beautiful community. I, I appreciate it. Oh,